Hi, this is Adina, and you're listening to the Wealth Rebellion podcast. Ugh. I'm hoping that this is going to be the podcast episode where I can convince you to use human design in your business way more often by showing you some more practical applications. And so this episode is basically going to be about some of the quirks that you may think are weird about you or um, things that you need to get rid of because you've learned that they're just not productive or that they're just not good enough because other people seem to do this and you're not and you're trying to iron those kinks out really right so I want to show you that it's unlikely something that is wrong with you and likely just by design and actually a strength of yours so without further ado we're going to head straight into the episode so very often when I speak to clients and also when I started learning about human design for the very first time myself, the initial reaction when we talk about human design is always like, oh my God, I thought I was broken, right? If you've listened to one of my previous podcast episodes where I gave you the human design one-on-one, where I literally talk about the type and some of the authorities that you can have and how you can use that to your advantage, please by all means do, right? So I'm not going to go over the basics again. If you don't know the basics, please go and watch that, watch, listen to that episode first, okay? So I'm going to go chronologically and uh, like I've got a little list in front of me because there's a quirk that I have that I'm going to share with you as well. So one of the things that actually, why the fuck not? Let me share my quirk first that gave me the biggest... Well, that made me feel really, really bad for the longest time. And that is that I easily forget things, right? Whenever I have a list, I don't need the list. But I also struggle making the list because the moment I start to sit down doing something, I forget what it is that I wanted to write down. Now, for anyone who... um, can't relate to this again like we're just going to be talking about open centers today by the way right you may or may not relate to this perfect if you do it may be by design what i will say in the very beginning as well also and i should have said this before i started with my example is that these are not definitive examples there are way more nuances in this than the blanket statements that i'm making here right now right because it also depends not just on the centers that you have to find but how the energy is flowing into it what your definition is what your aura type is like so much goes into this right but what i'm hoping to show you is that just by using some of the basics just by using some of the examples of looking at your centers and you don't even have to know human design you don't need to know how to read a body graph all you need to know is you basically download your body graph information you can do this for free online pretty much anywhere just google it and it will tell you which centers are defined and which are undefined right and based on that information you can already use this episode without having any human design knowledge whatsoever right so let me give you some of the quirks so actually let me start with the one like I said, the one that I shared. So let's say, for instance, that you are someone who, like me, is incredibly forgetful, right? There might also be another reason in your design why that's the case uh, in your variables, but we're not going to go into that today. So let's say you have a lot of ideas and the moment that you sit down to work on them and you're 
trying to make sure that that idea comes into form, you're trying to conceptualize it, you're trying to make sense of it, it's just gone, right? And it makes you think like you have no clarity and no understanding whatsoever. So this is something that before I learned about human design, I gave myself such a hard time because my brother, for instance, is highly intellectual. He's like, he's really good at retaining information. He's really good at conceptualizing things. And he's really, really good at just being very, very logical. I don't have any of that at all. I have a wide, wide open crown center, which is the very top center. So if your head center, right? So the very, very top center is also white, meaning undefined. You may find that you struggle with the idea of inspiration so you kind of have like you can have so many ideas in your head like you it's almost like there are too many and you feel the pressure of wanting to act on them all and it's always made you feel like you're scatterbrained right because everyone else in business has their shit together everyone else knows exactly what idea they want to work on everyone else knows exactly what it is that they want to say and how they conceptualize things and for you that just feels so hard. And so you give yourself a really, really hard time because you think that that is a flaw of yours, but actually it is not. It is not a flaw of yours. It is actually one of your gifts because you see the undefined centers are here to serve a purpose of wisdom, which I'll explain in just a second. Every time a center is undefined, it means that you are taking in information and amplifying it from the external world. So meaning from people, depending on where the planets sit, if they somehow activate that center through their placements, um, and in general, just your environment, right? So you are here to amplify that and be very wise about that. You get a lot of information. That just means that you're not necessarily designed to hold on to that energy that that center is like the, the the energy that that center is governing, which I'll explain again in a moment, you're not designed to consistently hold on to that energy. I'm just going to interrupt for 30 seconds. I'll be very brief, I promise. But I just wanted to let you know that the Wealth Rebellion Academy, the eight-week program that I am now launching for the fourth time, will be opening on January 29th, I believe, in 2024. And in that program, I will be using human design to show you exactly how you can scale your business a lot more effortlessly. And we're going to go into a bit more detail than that, than the episode is all about. And I would love to invite you to check it out. I'll put the links in the show notes. Anyway, back to the episode. So the head center is governing really big ideas, the why, the how, and the what, like really figuring out it's where we have the gate of confusion the gate of doubt right these are questions that need to be answered for ideas to take form for ideas to make sense for ideas to be good for the collective and bring humanity further okay so when this is undefined what you find yourself doing is you are here to be incredibly wise about what ideas are worth pursuing right? And depending on your definition, that might be just for you individually, right? If you are just here for yourself, 
right? Like everyone has a purpose in this life and your definition, for instance, will govern whether you are, whether your ideas might be more for the collective or whether your ideas are for the keeping the tribe safe or whether your ideas are to mutate, right? So for you individually and then to mutate that energy. Again, like I said, there are loads of nuances as to what is actually happening with your ideas okay so if you learn this and if you understand okay well maybe maybe I am not broken maybe there's nothing wrong with me that's kind of what I'm hoping that this episode is all about for you I'm hoping that this episode really shows you that actually these little quirks that you think you have to iron out and these quirks you think that aren't good enough because your peers in your business get it done like there's like there's nothing wrong it just means that they have a very different definition or maybe they have different energy centers or access to different external resources right there's so much there just because it works for them and because they're able to do this doesn't mean that you are wrong okay so it's not a quirk of yours whereas what you're actually here to do is be really really wise about what ideas are actually worth pursuing so when you start to understand that these ideas when they have like they haven't really got a beginning middle or end but there's like a word or there's a thing it, it's it may not be time for that idea to come out just yet. Imagine how much time you could save yourself, right? Imagine how much pressure you can remove from your shoulders when you start to realize that. Then take that into account with your human design again. Listen to the episode on the human design one-on-one -on -one where you can use your strategy and authority. You start to become unstoppable. And that's what I really want for you, okay? So I'm going to move on to the next center, okay? So let's say, for instance, you are someone who considers themselves or rather who's been taught to consider themselves to be too emotional, right? You might find that you are not mature enough you've learned that you not might find that you're not mature enough you may have learned that because you are a highly emotional person and, and because like out of nowhere like you're highly empathetic you take on other people's emotions but you think that that's actually a flaw of yours right so you may worry that you have mood swings you are easily affected by the people in the room and you've been told and you may have taught yourself that that is something that just like that that's wrong with you and that other people can get a grip on their emotions so why can't you and it's just really really hard to do and a lot of the time when I hear this it's not always true because I am also someone who's highly emotional but and I'll share that little nuance in a moment for the majority of people that are highly empathetic and are very affected by other people's moods is because they have an undefined emotional solar plexus. Again, I'm not going to go through where these things are. You can Google the words and see where the undefined emotional solar plexus are. If it's white in your chart, it's undefined. Okay. And again, there are nuances. So take this with a grain of salt. So you might be someone who is like you're here to read people's emotions and be very wise about those emotions and it can be very easy for you to think like oh well everyone else is really mature enough and everyone else really gets it no 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 only half approximately half i don't have the exact numbers only approximately half of the world population are actually defined in their emotional solar plexus myself included right we have something called a very mechanical wave so 
what that looks like for me. And I actually have a guest on very soon who is a, I believe, a 4-1 projector or a 4-2-4-6 projector. Anyway, um, Jess is her name. We have very similar placements. Some of them are opposite in our human design. And I actually want to get her on to start talking about what these different nuances feel like, right? What do different gates feel like? Because I think that that's a really interesting conversation to have because, again, it's not as black and white as, oh, well, you have this center, therefore you are this, right? That's like saying you're a blonde woman and therefore um, you're really good at jokes, right? <laughs> that's taking a very wide demographic and pulling a really big blanket statement on something that doesn't take into consider a lot of nuances. It doesn't take into consider your background, your perspective, your upbringing, your skills, your talents, your energy levels. Again, like these are all things that we need to take into consideration, okay? So if you are someone who considers themselves, like, like if you are someone who considers their emotional empathy to be a crux, I want you to reconsider because the power that you have inside of you is to read the room and a person and to read their emotional response. And so every time, like everyone is empathetic, right? Everyone, or rather everyone has the capacity to be empathetic. But if you have an emotional open solar plexus, your capacity for emotionally reading people is, oh, you can't see the chef's kiss I'm making. I'm recording this for a little reel on the side, but you can't see the chef's kiss I'm making right now. Could you imagine the power that you have in a social setting? And, I, and I'm going to use a sales call, for instance, right? Let's say someone's quite nervous to meet you um, because maybe you work with people in like in a very sensitive field. I Again, I can't even think of a, an example right now. Congratulations, you've just seen my open head in in action, right? Like if if I wasn't sitting on here recording right now, I could come up with so many examples because there's no pressure of having to come up with it right now. But because I'm like, oh shit, I need an example right now. I can't come up with one, okay? So you're not broken for this. So could you imagine the power you hold and you wield when in a sales call, they're not saying anything. They might appear like they're confident, but all of a sudden you feel a little bit nauseous or you feel a little bit like, mm, I don't know, I feel a bit queasy and I don't really know why. It's because these emotions are very likely not yours. And yes, sometimes you can have physical responses with these emotions, right? Like nausea or headaches. Um, but if you are someone with an open emotional solar plexus, you really feel this. You can sometimes, you can be just fine. You have quite like a, um, a what's the word I'm looking for? Like a, a baseline for emotions that's not too extreme on either end. But when you are around other people, boy, do you feel. Now, it's great if these emotions that you are taking in from other people are ecstatic, are fun, are excitement, right? But it really fucking sucks if it's sadness, if it's grief, if it's anxiety, if it's any of these like, uh, did I say sadness? I don't know. Well, you get you get the idea, right? Like you get the notion of anything that's in quote unquote undesired emotion in that state. It's anything that doesn't make you feel good, right? But could you imagine if you started knowing this and I have um, my my clients who are undefined solar plexuses, I actually sometimes ask them to just speak with each other because 
while I can explain it on a technical level, it's much easier for them to understand what their open solar plexus actually means if they get it from someone else who has also experienced this, right? So it's really the idea is, is the emotion yours, right? And you have to really get a handle on these things, on understanding, like when you wake up in the morning and you're by yourself, like, how do you feel? How does it feel to be you right now? And if you then go into a setting, like into a supermarket, you walk down the streets or you go onto a Zoom call and all of a sudden your emotion changes, think about it. It's unlikely yours, right? So when you start knowing this, you can start using it as a superpower because now you can reflect that emotional intelligence back at someone and be like, hey, let's settle into this space for a moment, right? You don't even have to call them out on it. You can if it's part of your job and if it makes sense to do so. But can you imagine the power you wield? This is so powerful, right? It's not a flaw of yours. Like, you're perfect, honestly. And that's what I want you to see. So I'm going to move on to the next um, quirk that I see people having that they think is a flaw, but actually isn't one. So maybe a thing that you've been told is that you are not authentic with people because you just change personalities depending on who you hang around, right? That's a real low blow a lot of the time. If you are someone who is a bit of a social chameleon, who has certain people where you might be a bit more gregarious with someone or where you might be a bit more shy or a bit more subdued or a bit more daring, like you get the idea, right? You're different things to different people. And then someone comes along and says, well, God, you change your personality. Like I change my fucking underwear. Like what the fuck is wrong with you, right? That can be a real low blow, especially when we look at social media and like, I wish you could see the big eye roll that I'm making where it's just like authentic expression, right? Like everyone's giving you tools to authentically express yourself. Um, And I'm going to make a podcast episode in the future when, again, my um, authority says it's time to go about the idea of if we need tools to authentically express ourselves, like, do we see the problem here? (laughs) Right? Like, do we see the problem here? Why forcing authentic expression is an issue, right? Again, going off on a tangent, don't even want to go. So you get the idea. If you are someone who has, who feels like you you need to change identities based on who you're around, or not even need to change, right? The feel to need to change might be because you're a fifth line, which I am. Sometimes that can be because this is about expectations. But you just are different things to different people, and it depends on the environment. There was a really good example. I don't remember where I heard this example from, but it was one human design teacher that I follow. Again, I'm like, if you know who I'm talking about, please tell me so that I can credit them. I would love to do that for that story. But they have a reflector friend. Um, And it doesn't matter what type you are right now. If your identity center is undefined, this particular behavior will be very familiar to you. And so they have a, a reflector friend who, when they go on vacation, that reflector friend takes like three different suitcases. And at one point, the human design teacher was like, why do you keep doing that? And she was just like, well, I don't know who I'm going to be tomorrow, right? I don't know who I want to be in the afternoon. 
And that's really the crux of it, because what the identity center is here to do, the energy that the identity center governs is about identity, self-love, direction, purpose, right? So anyone who has this defined, like, you know who you are if you have this defined. But if you have this undefined, that can feel quite jarring because you may know who you are. But you are different things to different people because you are designed to reflect back. You are here to reflect back what other people need to hear, to see. Again, depending on what, like, depending on what else is defined in your um, chart, you may do this through expression. You may do this through your actions. You may do this through your willpower, right? You're here to reflect back what the other person needs to understand that like what they need to have self-love, what they need to have a sense of direction. And ultimately you need to find solace in that as well to trust that whatever you get in the moment is perfect for you. Okay, so that's not a flaw. Again, that is a superpower. So one of my um, past clients, she like when I explained this to her, she suddenly started realizing that one of those superpowers, because she teaches other women to find love and to also self-accept themselves, because that's a big thing of her modality, is not to manipulate to find love, but to love yourself enough to be open to receiving love, right? And she has a wide open G-Center. There's no definition whatsoever in her G-Center. There's nothing that is even defined in that. And that is one of her superpowers, right? And so I want you to start understanding that when you have that gift, you can really show people the love and like where their direction could go, what they need to hear in order to find direction and purpose. You have that secret antenna that can feel what another person needs to love themselves and to have purpose. Again, how fucking powerful is that? Okay, so I'm going to move on to the next thing. Maybe you are someone who considers themselves to have no willpower, right? Because there are some people in your industry who can just go out and do it. Or if they say they start running, like they can start five minutes later, right? Um, (laughs) It's one of my favorites because I am here to tell you that 70% of the world population are not able to do that. So it's very likely that when you're around someone or you see someone who's able to do that, it's very likely that they have a defined heart or they are heavily conditioned, right? Or it somehow also works with their design because they have energy in other places. Again, there's a lot more nuance to this than what I am giving you right now. But again, the whole idea of this episode is to show you that this is not a flaw. You are not, if you have an undefined heart, Uh, also called ego center or um, so hard ego or will center. Sorry, I forgot my words there for a moment. Then you're not designed to be someone who has a lot of innate willpower. You have very inconsistent energy when it comes to your willpower. And so what I want you to start understanding is you have nothing to prove, right? So the will center, the ego center, the heart center, heart center is my favorite, my my personal preference when I use this particular center's name. Um, when it comes to the heart center, it governs self-worth. It governs material value and possessions. It governs motivation. It governs willpower. Um, 
And it also, in its lower expression, when it is open, it seeks to prove itself to themselves and other people, right? So you might have this need to be like, oh, well, I have to do this so that I can prove that I'm worthy, right? So you can start to see a theme here. So when this is open, what you're here to really be is to show that self-worth and value depends on the person and that no one has to prove anything to themselves or another person, right? And so it's not a flaw that you are inconsistent in your willpower. This is, again, what strategy and authority is all about. You're designed that way because could you imagine a world where everyone had a ton of willpower? Like, we'd just be... Oh my god, we'd just be energizer bunnies. The world would be fucking exhausted if that was the case. That'd be horrible, right? We need balance. We need it. We need people who are wise about when to have access to willpower. Just because you might have the motivation to go running doesn't necessarily mean it's the right idea for you to do so in that moment. Or just because you have the motivation to start a launch doesn't mean that you have the energy and motivation and the willpower to do so right now. Okay. So again, you're very wise about what other people need and what you need to feel valued, to feel successful, to feel worthy. Again, that's a, like, that's a superpower if you can harness it, okay? So the next thing that might happen is you might feel like you are unorganized. So you might be someone who is master or mistress of a to-do list, but every time you cross off something on your to-do list, you add three more things in the space of like with the idea of needing to organize your life and to be stress-free in your life right um so the open root center that's what the open root center does it does this like it's it's pressure it's adrenaline it's 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 action right and it makes you think that you are not as effective as others because your to-do list doesn't get any less to do <laughs> Right? You may think that because your to-do list isn't getting any smaller, that somehow you haven't got a grip on things, that somehow you are not organized enough, that somehow um, clearly you are doing something wrong because look at this person over there, they're like this productivity hack person, and here you are with your list as long as it could go around like twice the circumference of the earth, right? Like, let's say that that's what's happening. So, again, not a flaw, Right? Not a fucking flaw. Because while in its low expression, yes, you can add a ton of things to your to-do list to be free of pressure. What you're here to be doing is to be wise about what is actually worth prioritizing, right? You are someone who has the innate capability of understanding what's actually worth acting on. Because think about it, there are always going to be more things that you quote-unquote should be doing versus the things that don't need to be doing because there are always like you're an ambitious entrepreneur you are someone who's got places to be people to see right like of course your to-do list is always going to be but you like you only have 24 hours and there are only so many things that you can cram into a 24-hour day and we live in this era where burnout is 
rife where people are exhausted and we need you. We absolutely need you to be wise about what is actually worth taking action on right now. That just because it's on the to-do list doesn't mean it needs doing. So I'm going to give you an example from the opposite. I have a defined route. I work very well under pressure. Um, What I don't do very well is open deadlines, right? I need a deadline. Now, to anyone who has an open route, you might feel like, oh my God, don't even get close to me with a deadline. And for the longest time, I thought that that was a flaw of mine, right? I didn't realize that the deadline was actually the thing that gets me going. So to give you an example, if I say something, like if I set myself a three week deadline, it will take three weeks. If I set myself a three hour deadline, it will take three hours. Um, And so when I worked, while I felt the stress, I got a lot of shit done. And actually it didn't feel bad for me, right? Same thing in the morning. I'm not someone who can, like, if I if I have the drive to do something, like let's say I sit on the sofa. Again, this is a defined route, right? To give you an example of what the opposite feels like. I can sometimes sit on the sofa and my partner with his undefined route, all of a sudden I get a an urge to start cleaning the kitchen out of nowhere, And he gets really, really stressed by this because he feels that he now has to do the same thing. I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, let me just go and do the thing. Um, And I literally have to run around and let, I think letting off steam is a good idea of how to do this. So then I just start cleaning the kitchen. But then he sometimes feels like he has to do the same thing, right? Because he's an open route and then he just has to keep up with me. But naturally I'm designed to actually just like have these urges, these waves of adrenal energy where I can just do these things. And so with an open route, you're really like, he's here to teach me to just chill the fuck out every once in a while. That just because I get an urge to do something doesn't mean that I have to necessarily act on it all the time, right? Because there are times when that urge comes out a lot and then I just keep doing and doing and doing and doing and doing. And because I also have an open sacral, kind of giving you a spoiler for the next point, because I also have an open sacral, I don't fucking know when enough is enough. And so I can burn myself out, right? So if you have an open route, it's not a flaw that your to-do list is very long, but your gift is an understanding what actually is a priority right now like what is what is getting me furthest and then accepting that yes there will be things that aren't going to be done but that doesn't mean anything about you it doesn't make you less worthy doesn't make you less capable doesn't make you less skilled it is your gift because again what does an open center do it amplifies i don't know if you heard the cat right now it amplifies the energy of what the center governs and so when you show us, hey, you know what? Chill out for a moment. Like, it's okay. Is that really what's going to help you right now? The wisdom of that pressure is magnificent, right? Because you can show us how to be more chill, how to direct our energy a lot more effectively how to direct your energy a lot more effectively. You're here to show us where we can put in our resources without spreading ourselves to thin, right? I don't see that. I have a defined route. For me, it's like, go, 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 go. For you, you can be wise about that. So again, not a flaw, right? It's just about perspective. So then I move on to, so I have two more. 
Then I move on to the um, open sacral. I've kind of already alluded to this with the open sacral, right? So if you have an open sacral, which is about 34% of the world population, then you kind of don't know when enough is enough, right? So if you have the word generator in your human design type generator or manifesting generator, this does not apply to you. But if you're a projector, reflector, or manifester, this does apply to you. You don't know when enough is enough, right? And the sacral center is a vital life force. That is the center that governs what you hear, like energy. Like, like it's the biggest motor in human design. It's here to govern life force, creation, also sexual energy, right? And so when that is undefined, you might feel... Like you might feel bad for not consistently having access to energy, right? To sit there and for hours and do things regularly. So the best example I have for this right now is think of your traditional nine to five job. You might feel like, oh my God, like what the fuck is wrong with me that I'm not able to sit there like my coworkers in this nine to five job or do the work consistently Monday to Friday, nine to five. That's a very generator thing to do. A, a defined sacral is what makes someone a generator. Okay. So with an undefined sacral center, what this is really about is understanding that there's wisdom and inconsistent energy levels, right? And you'll have a little bit more consistency when you actually correctly respond to your strategy and authority or, or wait for the invitation or uh, inform and initiate depending on what your um, design type is. I'm not going to go through all of them. Again, I have a human design one-on-one -on -one podcast uh, episode on this already. So go and click that now. I'll try and link that in the show notes too. But this is really about understanding fulfillment, about desires, about understanding that you're not designed to consistently chip away at work. What you are capable of doing is to be efficient, right? So especially so for myself, this was a lesson that I needed to really, really learn because as a projector, for instance, and again, manifestors and reflectors are the same, you're not designed to sit there hours on end and consistently work. But what, for instance, projectors like myself, we give ourselves a hard time for being like, oh my God, I can only work like three, four hours um, in a stretch at a time. Sometimes I can do more and sometimes I can do less because I am what is considered an energy projector because I have two motors defined. Not going to go into that, but if human design means something to you, you will understand. Okay. So I have a little bit more energy than the traditional projector, but it's also that we're very efficient at what we do. And that's really the crux of it. So I want you to understand that when you have an open uh, sacral center, you're not broken for not having consistent access, but you'll be able to be a lot more efficient with the work that you're doing. And again, how fucking powerful is it to know this, that that's not actually a flaw. You get your work done in a lot shorter time frame than generators. That doesn't make you better than a generator. doesn't make you worse than a generator, but your purpose as a non-energy type is different, right? Depending on what your design is. Again, I'm explaining this in the other episode. So I want you to consider that that's not a bad thing. And so the last one that I have for you is um, you might feel that a flaw of yours is that you feel that you have to teach yourself to talk a lot more. Um, even though you have learned in the past that you have been told 
that you're talking too much or that you're talking over people or that you're a little bit too loud, right? And that you just, so you almost, you become either too talky or too silent depending on where the pendulum swings at that point in time. So you might have an open throat. Um, the throat governs communication, uh, is, is what we would traditionally consider the center of manifestation, right? Because it's about expression. Now, uh, don't misunderstand when I say manifestation, the throat center doesn't quote unquote manifest things. But if we just look at the traditional meaning of manifestation, right? To make things manifest, to create things, always starts with the expression of the thing, right? Like that's where energy exits out of our human design system. So you might find that you have an open throat center. And so with the open throat, like your words are your currency and open throat people can sometimes feel like they are not heard, like their ideas are being stolen, like no matter how much they shout, talk, no matter how much they say and what words they use, people just don't hear them. And if they do hear them then sometimes it can feel like people are just complaining at them they become frustrated they say things like oh my god like I don't know you just rub them the wrong way for one reason or another right or you talk over them or whatever um and again that's not necessarily a flaw of you you just need to understand that your energy needs to be directed a little bit better because you're here to be wise about what needs to be communicated you're here to be wise about what other people need to hear. You have this innate energy and you probably know this if you have an undefined throat. By the way, if you're a manifester or a manifesting generator, you do not have an undefined throat, right? By default, you don't. Um, so you might be someone who just knows you don't even know that you're doing it, but like you've probably had this quite a, quite often. You sit in front of someone and they say something to you like they have a problem and you don't even know what you're saying you don't even know if it makes sense and all of a sudden the other person's just like oh my god that's exactly what I needed to hear like how did you know and you're like I, I don't know that's your open throat right when you start trusting that energy it's powerful right but in its lower expression what the open throat can very often do is just talk to get attention when you start redirecting that energy and understanding that actually your silence is very powerful and speaking only like giving advice if you're a projector or uh, informing when you really feel the need to inform etc oh no again you don't have a manifesto see even i sometimes mistake these things um uh because again the like defined and undefined have similarities they just have like different nuances same coin different side um but let's say you're a generator and you want to express your life force did you hear the pussycat? He's just come to join us in the podcast episode. Don't stick your butt in the microphone. Come on, sit down. I have my little co-host here. Um, I'll see that I can um, add this into the reel for you guys to see. So let me go a little bit closer again so that you can actually hear me. Oh, have you had enough now, sausage? Oh, God. He just has to stick his butt in everything. There you go. I wish you could see this. Um, so check out my Instagram and then I'll show you the little clip. Um, so if you have an open throat, this is really about communication and understanding when, when the need for you to really say something occurs or when you have been invited to share something 
right? Or when you create an environment of invitation where you can share something, that's when your words become the most powerful. You are not broken. There is no flaw of yours for either talking too much or too little, right? It's just about directing the energy because you are very wise about what actually needs to be said, okay? So that's kind of like, like I'm hoping that this is an episode where I can convince you that human design needs to be part of your life. Again, like this is just very high level stuff because everyone is different. That's like, again, human DNA, same thing with the human design blueprint. There's only so much detail I can go into that without sort of being incredibly generic with things, but I'm hoping that this helps you already. I'm hoping that this is the episode where you finally allow human design into your business and life. And if you're already human design, I'm hoping that you relearn and reignite your uh, love for it because it is so helpful. Anyway, I will see you in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to the Wealth Rebellion podcast. If you enjoyed the show and if you enjoyed the episode, please consider subscribing on your podcast platform of choice. And of course, any of your five-star reviews are always appreciated. Thank you so much and see you in the next episode.